Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, the NFL started last night, and I got to tell you what an opener. Kadarius Tony. I got two words for you. My backside, you talked all this trash when you left New York. New York didn't use me. Well, the world got to see Kadarius Tony last night, and we did not like what we saw. Did Chris Jones win the night by sitting out, being there? And, of course, his team lost. We'll talk about it right now as Don't At Me starts now. Hey, welcome. The NFL started yesterday, and I saw some headlines, and interesting, it said, you know what? The Detroit Lions stunned the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not so sure, because Billy Walters yesterday told us he wasn't betting it because it was too close, so I didn't bet it until I believed, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I believed in the comeback, down one, Patrick Mahomes with the ball. I live bet it. I got minus 130. I bet 100 bucks on it. And next thing you know, Kadarius Toney drops another ball. And, of course, after a first down, the maniac lineman, offensive lineman of the Kansas City Chiefs decided it was important that they held. So if you did what I suggested on Twitter and my friend Ryan Mueller suggested on Twitter, guess what? We lost, and I blame Kadarius Toney. I blame Kadarius Toney for the ills of the world. I can't see Kadarius Toney if, if, they can, they being the Chiefs, sign anybody uh, any good, still being on a roster. And you know what? Kadarius Tony, according to my great researcher, Nick, used to, last summer, recently, slide into the DMs of people criticizing him and bow up. All five foot nothing of them bowing up. I'll come to your house. Yeah, I got two words for you. My backside, Kadarius Tony. You're getting paid a lot of money to do one thing and one thing only. Catch the damn football. Hell, you can catch the football and fall down. Had you caught the football and fallen down, guess what? Wouldn't have been a pick six. But I got to shift gears here for just a second. Big old you-know-whats to Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, 17-yard line, fourth down. He decides to do what? Punt? No. Fake punt, up the middle, beautiful call, first down, change the momentum of the game because, oh, by the way, the Detroit Lions went down the field and scored. Ladies and gentlemen, think about this. You're Dan Campbell. You're trying to get your team to believe in all your macho stuff. They seem to have believed. You got a fourth down. You're in Kansas City against the Super Bowl champs, greatest quarterback of his era. What's the difference here in punting and giving Mahomes the ball, let's say, on the 50? You know what I'm saying? As opposed to giving him on the, I don't know, 18. You gain a yard and you don't make it. Really no difference. That's the way Bill Belichick used to think when he was playing against Peyton Manning. There's really no difference. I mean, they're going to drive it and probably score it. So Campbell, if you really think about it, took an educated shot. And it was a shot that had more upside. If we get this, and he obviously practiced the play, 
This will change the momentum, but this will also teach my team this is who I am as a coach, and I'm not afraid. Not even a little bit. That's it. Not afraid. We're going to win. We're not going to try to hang on. And I tell you, the upside was more than the downside. Again, all right, Mahomes is going to score a touchdown from the 50 just as much as he's going to score a touchdown from the 17. I understand what I just said was not statistically accurate, but you know what I'm saying. And Campbell was genius there. He really was, or a special team guy. You know, we give Campbell the credit, and probably rightfully so. I mean, what the heck? He's the head coach. The wins and losses go on his record. But you got to also give a little credit to the offensive coordinator and, of course, the special teams coach. That was flat brilliant. Yeah, look, if I if somebody asked me earlier today, if you were the coach, what would you do with Kadarius Toney? I'm not sure. I'm really not. I can't have a wide receiver costing us a game by not doing his job. You know those signs they have in the NFL and in college football, high school football? Do your job. Do your damn job. Well, Kadarius Toney didn't do it. The offensive line didn't do it. Next thing you know, 52 guys were hanging out watching Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes didn't do it. Let's just be honest. I'll tell you who is doing it. Joe Burrow is doing it. Joe Burrow is getting her done. Joe Burrow went from, I'm walking on the field a few years ago. He's a freshman. It's Joe Burrow, Cardell Jones, uh, 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 that Dwayne Haskins, and that guy Bennett. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, God dang it, the guy that started. I forget who the starting quarterback for all those years was at Ohio State. He was really good. And I remember going to Urban Meyer's assistant coach. I go, man, that next quarterback is right there, right? Dwayne Haskins. He goes, yeah. Not even thinking about Jolton Joe Burrow. Well, Joe Burrow has become or will become the highest paid NFL player in history. Five years, $275 million. Now, I want you to think about that. Let's just use 50. Five years at 50, ladies and gentlemen, is what? That's right. Five years at 50 is $250 million. He gets another $25 million. On top of that, that's just how I like to do math. Uh, the only math that I can really do, <laughs> excuse me, is gambling math. I can do on the, uh, well, yesterday, we had 87,000 bets going. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, in my world, I can figure all that out. Other math, not so good. But I know this, this dude is rocking and rolling. Uh, make no mistake. Make no mistake, football had the day last night. Football captured the nation last night. We'll talk about the numbers and viewerships in a minute or two. But Coco Golf's match with Machova was delayed 50 minutes. 50 minutes with climate change protesters. One dude glued his feet to the stadium floor. This idiot. I assume... He was yelling and screaming. And if he was, I don't know if you've seen Pulp Fiction. But Pulp Fiction had one of the most disturbing scenes in it. When Bruce Willis and the big guy were going to get raped in the basement by the two crazy hillbillies. What they put in their mouths was that ball. And they put a strap around it. See, I would allow the police to put that ball, that red ball in this guy's mouth with a strap around it, and see all these security guards around him, just leave. 
Let him sit there. Just let him sit there. Who cares? Hey, you want to stick your – hey, let me know when your feet come up and we'll take the ball out. Well, Dan, that's inhumane. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Sure, it's inhumane, but I, I would vote for it. If somebody said, hey, look, we're going to put this on a referendum uh, in New York or Flushing or wherever the hell the U.S. Open is and said, do you, do you vote for that red ball in your mouth if protesters show up and glue their dumbass feet to the floor, I would vote yay. I would. Look at it. Look at this. Look at the one in the middle. You go, girl. <laughs> Why is it always the freaks? Seriously, look at these clowns. Fossil fuels, man. Fossil fuels, man. Hey, you got a hamburger? The big one in the middle. Uh, she looking for a double cheeseburger and fries. The dude on the right, look at this guy. I, I stapled my feet. I'm a martyr. You're an idiot. That's it. You're an idiot. Go Coco Golf. Yeah. Go Djokovic. It's a big day today at the U.S. Open and tennis. Uh, another year, another Jim Harbaugh is possibly returning to the NFL. Oh, look at this martyr. You know what you should do, the security guard? Pick him up, turn him over, and drop him. Oh, man, I slipped. Jim Harbaugh is a great college and NFL coach, and his Super Bowl-winning brother, John, is also excellent. My sources tell me Jim is 100% leaving UM after this year if he gets an NFL offer. I broke about 50 stories on CNN. All happened. My number one story was Danny Ford retiring. Danny Ford retired like, oh, I don't know, maybe when I was a kid. So Danny Sheridan is hanging on by a thread. Look, anybody can put this out anytime. Here's my scoop. Jim Harbaugh is a great college and NFL coach, and his Super Bowl-winning brother is also excellent. My sources tell me Jim Harbaugh is leaving UM after this season if he gets a Joe Burrow-type NFL offer. I've broken a million stories in my life, true, and they're all correct, including the birth of Jesus, which I called 100 years ago. All right. All right. So I guess this guy's name is Big Something. He's DJ Ungale's dad. And we're supposed to give a rat's ass about DJ Ungale and his dad. DJ Ungale seemed like a pretty nice kid. He seemed, I mean, he was in commercials all last year. Clemson absolutely did right by him. DJ Ungale was awful. DJ Ungale was going into last year as the quarterback that we were all supposed to pay attention to and go, yay, Rod, go fight, win, because he was in the Dr. Pepper commercials. When you're in the Dr. Pepper commercials, that means you've made it. That are the Wendy's commercials. You get in those two commercials, you're the man. But DJ Ungale's daddy, he not happy. DJ Ungale is now at Oregon State. And like most people, when the team you left loses, you are happy. You are happy, your toes are tapping, and you can't get enough. You gloat. Like Chris Jones today is gloat. Chris Jones today is so excited, he's so happy that his team lost, and so is every idiot. They're so happy. They think it matters one game. Well, it does to you. But DJ Ungale, his daddy is celebrating. His daddy is happy. Of course, it wasn't little DJ's fault that DJ stunk. Uh, Big Dave, Big Dave Ungale. Now, I can look at Big Dave in his picture and know that Big Dave couldn't play nothing. Big Dave was soft. 
I get it. You're against the portal and you dislike NIL, but that's you and how you feel. Your obligation is to the athletes and what best fits the success of the program. Look, ah, DJ Ungale's daddy's now a football coach. DJ Ungale's daddy's now telling everybody how to do it. DJ Ungale, oh, that's a mic drop, according to Mike, Mark Crumble. Okay, well, look, Big Dave. If you call yourself Big Dave, you got a small you-know-what. If you call yourself Big Anything, you are a D-bag. And this daddy is a D-bag. They lost a game. They got their ass beat. Let me tell you one thing. It happens. It does. So quit tripping, Big Dave, and hope your son doesn't get benched at Oregon State. And by the way, go ahead and spend his NIL money, Big Dave. Ungale. All right. SMU is moving, ladies and gentlemen. SMU out of nowhere is going to the ACC. That's big news. Uh, SMU has big money. All right. So there is a $200 million commitment to join the Big 12 or the ACC. S- Read this. SMU's admission to the ACC won't come cheap, but people responsible for bankrolling the Mus- Mustangs have no worries. SMU will join the ACC starting next year along with Cal and Stanford, but won't get a share of the media revenue for the foreseeable future. To make up the gap, David Miller, chairman, board of trustees, and a small handful of other wealthy oilmen and business executives here committed $200 million. $200 million to make sure the Mustangs are competitive despite not having a media buyout, according to Yahoo Sports. 200 million. See, everybody's mad at rich white dudes. Everybody gets mad. Rich white dude this, rich white dude that. Well, these rich white dudes are going to allow a lot of players, including many African Americans, to have the time of their life and playing in the SEC. Is there anywhere else? What league was SMU in? I'll hang up and listen. The AOC? No, wait. That's the crazy woman. The AAC, but don't call us the American. I don't get it. While the average person might not fathom the idea of writing $200 million worth of checks, the old tycoonist friends don't seem to be worried one bit. Listen to this. It's a couple hundred million dollars. I'm not losing sleep over it. The billionaire power broker responded when asked by ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips about the $200 million commitment according to the Yahoo Sports Profile. I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it. Dude went Oakmont Country Club, which is one of the fanciest country clubs, best country clubs, best golf courts in the history of the United States. They needed a bridge. A bridge because I think it was the U.S. Amateur, maybe it was the U.S. Open they were hosting. The pro was walking with one of the members, said, yeah, members like, what are we going to do about traffic? He goes, well, he goes, we need to raise a million dollars and put a bridge there, a pedestrian bridge, to carry people from the parking lot over the highway. Guy said, what do you need? He said, a million dollars. Guy said, okay, do this. Bill me for it. I'll pay it. Don't tell my wife. Now, I've always said this. There's money and there's real money. These dudes have real money. I mean real, real money. And ladies and gentlemen, I like it. I do. 
I don't give a damn if you're mad that these guys are the 1%. They worked harder. They were smarter. They become titans of industry. If you want to do it, go do it. You can do it in America. Good for the oil money. Bad for SMU coaches because in about two years, they're all going to get fired. They're going to wipe it out, put in new guys in there because you can get your ass beat. And remember this. SMU is the only school to get the death penalty. So cheating and money has always been there. Eric Dickerson, Craig James, they ran wild. The Pony Express back in my day. And the program got shut down. And every time they lose a game, everybody uh, mentions the, the, uh, the death penalty, even though it was a 1,000 years ago. But oil money is just different. Chandler Jones said the Raiders sent a crisis team to his house. Chandler Jones, he of the whining, bitching, and moaning, says that, well, you know what? A crisis team was sent to his house. No kidding. After a few texts or tweets, they were worried about him. They sent a crisis response team to the crib. Good. I mean, aren't you supposed to care about your players? Aren't you supposed to love them up? Isn't that what we're all supposed to do? You know what I mean? Isn't that what we do? He's mad because they sent a crisis team. Well, I got to tell you, maybe Josh McDaniels cares about Chandler Jones more than other people care about Chandler Jones. They saw a guy in trouble. They felt, and they sent a team to make sure he's okay. I kind of understand it. Last thing you want on your watch, frankly, is a suicide. So Chandler Jones can whine all he wants, but isn't that what players cry about all the time? Right? Isn't that what they cry about? You don't care about me. They cared about it. They had me outside my drawers, naked. Lady was rude. Oh, my God, because you're supposed to respect. <laughs> and I got to showing her some of them texts. Jesus, Chandler. And then she switched up. Buddy from the Raiders tried to give me the look. Like, don't say anything. Now I understand why players turn to social media. If I didn't do this, it wouldn't have been kept under wraps. Anybody interview them and ask why I'm not with the team? Because I don't know. Well, maybe they're tired of you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's that simple. I mean, speaking as a former coach, maybe they're just tired of you. Maybe they've had enough of you. Maybe your pain or the pain in the backside that you caused the team, maybe it's more than your talent. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But it sure seems like that could be. I know, Chandler, you don't think that because you're sitting there in them drops. <laughs> I love players. I love, hey, love me. But when you love me too much, I'm going to be sad. But love me. Yeah, pull this. It plays jingle bells. There will be no Redskins in the name of the Washington Commanders. That ship has sailed. It is gone. It is done. We've been on top of this story. We've had folks from the Indian tribe. Commander's partner, Mitchell Rails, says that ship sailed. We're not going to relitigate the past. We're about the future. We're about building the future, not having a diverse culture that we're engaged and and not having a diverse culture that we're engaged in. We're going to look at everything, come to the end of the year, and think about a lot of different things and a lot of testing. Yeah, okay. I, I'm tired of it. Look, either go to the Redskins or don't. You got America's most woke football coach. Your team stinks. You got Sam Hollis quarterback. Yeah, I don't want to hear about you until the draft. That's where I stand. 
with the Redskins. I don't know. Hey, Julio Uranus. You ever drive down I-69 here in Indiana? There's a fudge shop, true story, named Uranus. The best fudge comes from Uranus. It does. I don't know if that's this guy's name, but I got to tell you, uh, so this idiot gets arrested, and he is, ladies and gentlemen, charged with pushing his girlfriend against the wall, and now he's on administrative leave. So he gets mad, and he decides, well, you know what? I'm Uranus, and I'm going to show my anus by pushing my girlfriend against the wall because, you know, I didn't learn a lesson from the 20-game suspension this guy had earlier for domestic violence. This guy should be kicked out of the league now. He's not a white guy like Trevor Bauer, so it'll be a little more difficult. They won't do it. White guy, gone. Consensual sex with white guy, apparently very rough. White guy, gone. This guy, eh, we'll give him 60 days this time. He'll learn. Look at this guy. If it looks like a, it is a bitch. Anyway, you can just tell. And I have no respect for people that punch, hit, push, or otherwise injure a female ever. And this guy should never pitch again, in my humble opinion. Just saying. All right, Roy McIlroy says the world decided for him that he has to be on board with the Saudi investment in golf. You see everything else happening in the world. You see big private equity companies in America taking their money. Biggest companies in the world. There's a lot about what is what aboutism and all that stuff. But same time, if this is what's happening, then the way I framed it, that the world has decided for me in a way. Yeah, the world doesn't give up about you. I mean, <coughs> just stop. You hit a golf ball. You're good at it. <laughs> really good at it. But the world doesn't care. I told you this before, and I, I'm always ahead. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm always ahead on things like this. I told you when I went to Arkansas, and I saw the centerpiece of the University of Arkansas was a fountain, a beautiful fountain, a sitting area. Nice. Really nice. Funded by the Saudis. Funded by Oman. And I'm sitting there going, eh, everything is funded by the Saudis. Everything is funded by Oman. Everything comes from oil money, including SMU going to the ACC. I told you this months ago. I told you this back in May. The more you look into this, if you're going to be mad about it, then you're going to have to be mad about everything. Hell, I'd sell this show to the Saudis in a second. Me and Aaron and Dylan and Ryan and Nick and Nick too and Gary and Katie and Haley. Hell, we'll go live large for the rest of our lives. Saudis, you want this bad boy? I'll sell it to your equity firm. So would Clay. Give us $500 million. You have the whole network. Don't at me with this crap. Just crap. And again, I don't know why, don't know why, but I am always ahead of the curve on this stuff because I think about it. You react to it. You actually have lives. You guys got lives. I have no life except this show. That's it. And I play a thousand rounds of golf. And yesterday I lost money and I'm not happy about it. Oh my God. Can you believe this? Can you believe that Bill Belichick, one, had a longtime girlfriend, two, Linda Holiday, the girlfriend, and him broke up? I don't know if he dumped her or she dumped him, but I got to tell you, 
honest to God, I like Belichick. I do. But it feels like his whole world is falling apart. I love saying things like this. They're so stupid, but I love it. Belichick's whole world is falling apart. Yeah, it is, because his girlfriend dumped him or he dumped his girlfriend. I don't know which one it is, and I don't care. There was a time when I, for a long time, subscribed to People Magazine. Why, you ask? The crossword puzzle. It's the only crossword puzzle my feeble little brain could do. But as I was traveling the highways and byways of the Mid-American Conference, I would read about celebrities. Some I cared about, some I didn't. I've told you before, I've always been a celebrity uh -uh uh-uh-er. You know what I'm saying? Girls, not guys. Anyway, Belichick dumps this woman. The woman seems like a nice woman, and maybe she just got tired of fondling his man boobs. There you go. Um, People aren't happy because, well, it's hot at the U.S. Open. Really? It's been hot at the U.S. Open for 672,000 years. McEnroe not happy. And by the way, kudos to John McEnroe. ESPN has a zillion analysts, and 95% of them stink. Not John McEnroe. When you watch a John McEnroe broadcast, this is what I tried to do on, the, on Big Ten broadcasts uh, for ESPN. You want to know the history. You want to know everything about the match, everything about the guys, and the history of the tournament. And nobody does it better than John McEnroe. Imagine sitting there trying to listen to, I don't know, Dominic Foxworthy. Really? RG3. Mm. Anyway, Mac is the best. It's not close. But I got no sympathy here. Sympathy is between you-know-what and syphilis in the dictionary. These poor guys today, they look like they're going to fall over. It's not humane. Sorry, USTA in the future. I think seriously we should close the roof. Now, as a fan, I love a closed roof. As a fan, I got to have a closed roof. Tell you why. Because I need three things in my life. My family, king-size bed, air conditioning. And when Jimmy Ursay here in Indianapolis with my beloved Colts says we are closing the roof today, I high-five myself. Medvedev, who whines a lot, not happy. The only thing... There's a little bit, let's call it dangerous, is that the question is, how far could we go? He said during the match, I'm not sure what we can do because probably we cannot stop the tournament for four days, but it's been, wait, three, four days has been brutal like this because then it basically ruins everything. The TV, even the tickets, everything, it ruins everything. And of course, global warming is to blame. Shut up. Anyway, yeah, I don't have a lot of sympathy for it. I'm sure that something will happen and people will play this clip. But what can I tell you? It is what it is. It's hot. My wife and I used to play tennis in 100-degree heat, but I'm kind of a man. You know what I'm saying? You know. Uh, 11,000 Mexico City marathoners. 11,000. Got disqualified. For what? The old used the car. They use the car, cut a little corners. Next thing you know, 11,000. 11,000. Yeah. Let me give you a little insight into Indiana basketball in this vein. So at Indiana, we used to have to run from Assembly Hall up what's called the extension on Jordan, down 17th Street to the soccer stadium. Soccer stadium is where we ran. We did our running conditioning. So when I was a freshman, we're jogging from Assembly Hall to the soccer stadium. 
All of a sudden, there's a bus stop there, and Randy Whitman, Ted Kitchell, our leader, go, let's go, boys. Bus driver knew him, opened the door. We all climbed on. He took us to the top of the hill on the 17th Street, and we ran like crazy down the hill. I'm all for cutting corners, particularly in Mexico. What the hell? Just don't get caught. These guys were dumb enough to get caught. All right. I'm watching Swamp Kings. I'm finishing Swamp Kings. And there's a guy on there named Ahmad Black. Ahmad Black played for years in the NFL. Ahmad Black's a terrific player. He's now an assistant coach for his high school, or a high school, Lakeland High School. And I'm like, this dude is awesome. So I call Urban up. I go, hey, Urban, tell me about Ahmad Black. I didn't want to recruit him. Great. Not good. Great player. Tough kid. Great leader. Beast. Absolute beast. Ahmad Black made one of the great plays in Florida history. I wanted to get him on the show. I wanted to talk what's going on with Florida football. I wanted to talk college football. I wanted to talk about the craziest things that were going on at Florida at the time because, frankly, I like Swamp Kings. I love Swamp Kings. I thought it was great. Ahmad Black's going to join us. Hey, remember uh, Representative Nancy Mace? Macy, who had to, well, tell her fiancé, look, we ain't stupid. I got a prayer meeting with Tim Scott. She's also involved in what is potentially the biggest story of this century, which is going to be USOs. She's also involved in being very critical of the Biden administration. Perfect for coming on this show. We love to talk about a stupid. We ain't afraid of conspiracy theories. And we don't like Joe Biden. Perfect guess. And then, ladies and gentlemen, wait for it. Screen caps is one. Nightcaps also. The best things going on Outkick.com. Joe Kinsey is the man with screen caps. We'll have him on at 1045. Keep it right here. I'm Mod Black talking some football next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. guys that have watched this show know that Urban Meyer and I are pretty good friends, really good friends. In fact, he's one of the few people in the world that I would take a bullet for, and I think he would take one for me. So the other day, I'm watching Swamp Kings. I watched the first two episodes, then I got busy, I went out of town, came back, watched the last two. And I'm watching, and Ahmad Black, who, by the way, was one of my favorite players because I watched every Florida game. He's one of my favorite players because he was just tougher than hell, comes on the screen, and he's awesome. He's awesome. He's talking about getting told I never wanted to recruit you. I'm on, I played for Bobby Knight. I don't know if you know who that is, but he would crush your soul. Anyway, I text Urban. I go, uh, my only text, I love Ahmad Black. I get back, Ahmad, a text from your boy who never texts long about his undying love devotion for you. And I'm like, I got to have him on two seconds later. Here's his number. He's a beast. Tell me when he's on. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I, uh, the, the feelings is definitely mutual with, 
with me and Coach Meyer. I mean, we had a rocky start, um, but I think that changed pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something that was interesting. When I played at Indiana, as a freshman, I was starting, and things happened. Next thing you know, Knight threw a ball and hit me right in the face. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I'm going to start the next game because I knew Knight would feel bad, right? I knew yeah. he would. So you said that Meyer told you, yeah, I shouldn't have recruited you. Did you see that as the coach is paying attention to me, so I got to bust my ass? Or did it make you question why you even came there? Um, a little bit of both. You know, I was an 18-year-old kid, you know, coming off of three state championships and, you know, the number one team in the country in high school, um, going to play at Florida. Uh, I thought it was going to be kind of, you know, this is kind of the same thing, especially when I first got there, which was totally opposite, right? Um, these guys got to understand, and, and I think we do a poor job of explaining to these high school kids that when you get to the next level, it's a different ball game. It, of course it's fun, but you're not playing this game for fun anymore, right? It, it's a little bit more involved, right? Um, so you, you got to work a little bit harder. I don't care what, what you know, what string you were in high school, you got to start over. It's literally starting over. You got to impress a new group of guys. You got to impress a new coaching staff. You got to gain the trust of everyone to give you the opportunity to put you on the field. Because now, you know, me, the coach, me, it's like, I don't know, can I trust this kid to put him on the field? He's a great, he's a great player. You know, he, he makes plays, but can I really trust him? And that's, that's what I had to understand um, playing as a freshman for Urban Meyer. It's like, I, I understand that he won't put me in the game unless he can trust him. You know, Urban and I were together. I was a crazy young basketball coach at Bowling Green. He was an insane young football coach. And I always told my players, look, I'm going to kill you, but you're going to have great stories after. Like, you're going to have, for the rest of your life, you're going to have these Absolutely. great, crazy stories. Isn't that it? Isn't that part of it when you look back? Yeah, so it, it, it's so, it's like, everything comes full circle. You know, I remember being in a meeting room with, with Coach, Coach Meyer, and I text him all the time little things that he he probably had no clue or remember anything that he told us back in those team meetings but we we all do we're in group chats and we freaking laugh about it you know 15 years later um but one of the things that will always stick with me is a couple stories but one of them is you know one day you're going to have kids and you want to you know they're going to say hey dad what did you do what did you do at florida or where you know wherever you are and what do you want to say hey, you know i'll you know I was a, a dopey or, you know, did, didn't do what I was supposed to do or, you know, whatever the case may be. Or do you want to say, hey, you know, point up to the wall and say, hey, this is your dad. This is what he did. You know, I want you to follow my footsteps. And that's what I tell my guys here. You know, I coach at Lakeland High School is that, hey, you know, one day you want to bring your kids back in here because at Lakeland High School, I could bring my kids and say, I won that state championship, that one and that one. And we were the number one team in the country. How awesome would that feel if you were able to, you know, I know you're not thinking about kids now, but when you do have your kids, how awesome would that be to it, to be able to have something to show for, you know, all the work that you, that you put in and work hard for. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a thing. That, that is exactly right. Irma and I used to talk about those kind of things. This is way back. Yeah. And, and one of the things, you know, you go to Florida and this is not just you, but this is most guys, how difficult, was it for uh, here's a guy from Ashtabula, Ohio, coached at Bowling Green, a place probably nobody ever heard of. Utah had great success, but it's still Utah. You know, it, it's, it's not the SEC, it's not Florida. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how 
difficult it is for some to buy into a coach that's coming in in that situation and then making you work like crazy people? Well, it, it, it goes all into what I said from the beginning, right? Whenever you get a new location with a group of people that have no idea who you are, you got to do what? You have to gain that trust, right? And when Urban first came into Florida, I'm, I mean, I, I hear stories because he, he was there, I think, two, two years before I got there. Um, you know, I mean, he had to gain the trust from those guys, but also he had to switch around a lot of things. Um, so, you know, things weren't getting done properly, per se, before he got there. Um, and a lot of a lot of things were, you know, Zick was a great coach and a great recruiter and all that. Um, but, you know, I think Urban took them over the top of where they needed to be to try to get them back to those glory years that, that they had in the 90s. And um, again, he came in and got the guys to, to, to kind of buy in, but it took a while. Right. Remember, it took a whole year or something to kind of like get these guys to understand what the end goal is, what's the common goal for everyone. And ultimately, like, what do we want to get accomplished? So once you figure out those things and then like Urban would always do is make core values, what, what we what we live by, what, what we reek of. Right. Are these core values. Right. And, and, you know, once everyone gets to buy into those core values, once everyone buys into what ultimately the end goal is, um, the, the more you get this the more camaraderie you can, you can get and, and, and the better the people will want to, you know, play harder for each other. Right. Cause, cause I trust this guy next to me that he's going to get his job done. So let me play hard for this guy because I don't want to let him down. The weight room sessions looked insane at the university of Florida. Everybody wants to talk about what happened off the field or maybe what happened on the field. And that's great. You can do that. But as a former coach, I'm like, damn, how great would it be to see those weightlifting sessions? They seem nuts. I'm on crazy. Yeah. So, funny story. I went to I went to UF, the first weigh-in I ever had. Mind you, people don't understand. Like when I went to UF, also they had just won a national championship. So I was I was I, I early enrolled. So I came in January. So I was supposed to be in high school playing with the national champions in the springtime. Think about that, right? <laughs> so I had a rude awakening from the jump. And, uh, you know, the, the weightlifting was way different than, you know, obviously in Lakeland, we lift a lot of weights, but in, in you know, for Florida with the national champions, it was way different. And, you know, it, it was hard. My first day walking on the, on the, in the weight room, I stepped on the scale. Coach Mark Campbell looked at the scale. He told me to get off. He told me to get back on because he didn't believe the number, right? <laughs> I was a safety going to the University of Florida at 155 pounds. Oh. Think about that. So <laughs> by the time, so that was that was in January. By the time week one came, I was about 180 or so. So if that tells you kind of how the how the how the workout resume was, it, I mean it was it was crazy. I mean, we would work out so hard and then they'll say put on your shoes and then we'll go outside and run, you know, 30 sprints or whatever the case may be, you know, for that day. It was just but I can tell you, we were the best shape, in shape team in the country, it, and that's why we won, and that's why we were faster than everyone. That's why we, you know, we were more in shape than everyone, and and, and ultimately uh, gave us the edge on Saturdays. I said, if I were still coaching, and you are coaching, so I'm curious your thought on this. I would clip the weight room workouts from Swamp Kings, and I would have it like on a loop in my in my weight room. Like, you guys want to be champions? This is what you got to do. This, this is what this is what it is. It's not bullshit, and it's not over here. It's not. 
this is it. And if you're not going to do that, don't complain when you're not a champion. I would do, I would, I love those weight workouts so much yeah. and the yelling and the, the energy. That seems to me to be something that you got to do. You got to live up to that expectation. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's not human element. Like humans don't come out of their parent or their mom and say, Hey, I'm going to scream and yell and freaking, you know, that's something that sometimes has to be taught. Now, some people have it and some people don't. And that was the saying that we had. Some do, some don't. Some people want to be champions. Some don't. Some people say they want to be champions. You know, some people say they want to be champions and don't want to put the work in. So, you know, the easy path is, you know, is, is that's what everyone, human element, wants them to take. It's the easiest path. Another uh, coach that I played for was Coach Shiano, and he, you know, he was a firm believer. He would always tell us not to be water. And he's like, what is, what is, don't be water? He would say, well, you pour water on the concrete, will it go through the concrete? I'm like, no. It's like, well, it'll find the, the path of least resistance in the crack, right? And it'll flow to the crack. Don't be water. Don't find the path of least resistance. You take the path that ultimately will make you a champion. And, and sometimes it's hard. A lot of times it's hard. Every time it's hard. But, but are you willing to put in the work to be the champion or you just want to say you want to be a champion? When you think back and now you see, I'm going to stay with Urban here for just a second. Do you think he's portrayed fairly by the media? No. Um, I think his will to win is so great that the people who aren't winners find an issue with it. I've, I've come to, to, to that conclusion. Um, guys who, we, I mean, will he, will he do some things to your mind psychologically sometime? Maybe. But it's all in, in good favor. He wants to win. So when people say, hey, you know, Urban's a, you know, he's this, he's that. A lot of people at Florida don't like him. Let's get this understood. A lot of people at Florida don't like him because he's left. Not anything else. I mean, he brought you two championships and could have been three or four in like five, six years. What are we talking about? <laughs> you know, there's no reason to hate a guy to do that. You know what I mean? Like, did you want him to say, hey, you know, I want to go go to another school or, hey, you know, um, I'm just done. You know, I don't know how to, he could have worded it, you know, for you. I mean, but also, we're not here for everyone else's satisfaction, all right? Um, if, if a guy says he want to take care of his health, he want to take care of his health. You, there shouldn't be a question about that. Um, so I just think it's, it's, it's a little petty, of, you know, especially a lot of media people who, I mean, you know, no disrespect to media, um, but, but you got to get people to read your stories and whatnot. And I think they put a lot of gibberish in there just to kind of get clicks and get people to read their stories. But ultimately, man, he's a family guy. He loves football and he loves me. And, you know, you can say what you want about him, but he won a couple of national championships at different schools, right? He He's not some one-trick pony, and it's not a, a long list of guys who've done that. Uh, I will tell you, I'll disrespect the media. The media sucks. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, what's the craziest thing? You guys talked a lot about, man, this was crazy here. In your mind, what was the craziest thing that was happening in Florida when you were a football player and you guys were rolling? Oh, man. Um, there's a plethora of things. I mean, obviously, everyone knows about you know, the arrest and whatnot. And, um, you know, it, and it had nothing to do with the coaches. I mean, we we get done with a, a workout on, on a Friday, and they're, like, begging us not to even go out and stuff. So, you know, they didn't want anything to happen. They didn't want it to be in the media. They didn't want to 
have a spotlight shine, shine on us, you know? So it had nothing to do with the coaches, nothing that they did wrong, but you got to understand what you're dealing with. Kids are 17 to 22 years old, never probably been away from their parents, you know, just making kid decisions, right? And, you know, ultimately it has, you have to pay a price for it. Um, but I think the craziest thing, man, it's just not even crazy. It's just, you know, I spoke at, at uh, with Ted Spiker yesterday over at journalism school at UF. Um, I think it was just how well we, we stuck together, the camaraderie, the things that we did like in the locker room as far as like not not taking a shower after practice and going straight home or going whatever. Like we would shower up and then just, you know, hang out with each other. We didn't have social media and stuff. So it was, it was a little bit easier to do back then than it is now. Um, but, you know, we, we would just, you know, always be together. And that kind of gave us that foxhole mentality of, you know, I got your back, you make sure you get mine. And I, you know, it was, I mean, everyone, everyone saw what we did as far as like working out, everyone, at every college D1, they're going to do the same thing as far as like nightlife, they can get in, guys going to get in trouble make it, because they're all 17 to 22 year olds. All right. I don't think it's fair that they wanted everything to be shined and put in the light of what we did because everyone was doing that. We just was winning while we were doing it. And, you know, it, it makes more of a story, an appealing story, right? Because they want someone to be the bad guy. But I mean, I, I don't want, I don't know anything crazy, but that just, we, we just bonded as a team. I think Urban did a great job of getting guys with like personalities in, into, you know, one one locker room. I mean, I'm sorry, crazy personalities, but we had one common goal, and that was that was a win. And I think they did a great job with that. You you obviously love the University of Florida. I mean, obviously, you're wearing a Florida shirt. Florida's <laughs> struggling. Like Florida yeah. is struggling now. What what needs to happen in your mind? Like to get the Gators back where I don't know if I don't know if they can get back where you are were soon, but to get them back at the top here, what what needs to happen there? Well, just just looking back, and it's so funny because I'm on Facetime with my friends every day. We're having a group FaceTime Facetime chat, and we just talk about Florida, Florida, Florida. One thing that I I kind of kind of gather from that is what Urban was really good at was obviously recruiting, but he would get the best players. And so so first of all, he wins Florida. That, that's number one. Right now, Florida players are going to Georgia, going to Alabama, going to Ohio State, you know, Clemson. And that, and those schools are becoming better schools. Not that they weren't before, but now they're, they're freaking powerhouses now with majority of their guys coming from Florida. So you got to win Florida. That's number one. Number two, when you do go to these other states, like a New Jersey, like a, a Virginia, a, you know, a Oklahoma, you've got to get the number one player in Oklahoma. You, you can't go for the 100 player, best player in Oklahoma. You can't go for the three star, well, I respect the three stars. You can't go to, you know, Connecticut and get the 50th best overall, whatever, you know. And then what happens when you get the number one player overall or, you know, then they get guys to play with them. Because remember, that's what it's all about now is, is the social media. And these kids talk and they want to play with each other. That's where it starts. Also on the field, right? You got you to minimize minimum mistakes. I mean, you got three phases of the game. You know, Urban talks about all the time. You got offense, defense, special team. Um, you got to win the field position battle. You got to win the turnover battle. And you got to limit the big plays on defense. All right? So you can't have more than two plays over, passing plays over 20 yards, 25 yards. They hit us for like a 60-yard pass on the first play of the game. You see what I'm saying? Um, you got to minimize yeah. that. You can't miss tackles. And then ultimately, when it's time to win third down, you got to win third down. But that comes with trust. That comes with being around each other. That comes with game reps. I think that offensive line 
was the first time they ever played together. Just, you know, some injuries and whatnot. You know, so you so I feel like you know, with Napier, uh, with that offensive line, you gotta kind of cater to them a little bit as far as do what they're good at. So if you know you can't drop back and five step drop pass because these guys aren't holding up, and you can't call those plays. Let's get let's get the quarterback on the move and get him out of the pocket. Um, when you know, you know, you're in a hostile environment, it's third and one, you can't go on hard count. You got to, you got to know that type of thing. You know, you, you know, if the defense line is shifting, right. You let's not give them time to shift. Let's get on, let's hustle to the line and snap the ball. And then let's get one yard when it's a third and one and it turns into a third and six, third and seven, that's, that's an issue. Right. So let's, it's just little things that we can fix. Um, but ultimately it's this goes back to this, you gotta you gotta be able to trust the guys that you're putting in the game and also they gotta be able to trust you with the game plan. Last thing, I live in Indianapolis. Uh Anthony Richardson is starting at quarterback. Quick two minute whatever, unbiased. Now don't tell me he's great because he went to Florida, okay? Give me the unbiased. What am I gonna see here over the next hopefully 10 years out of Anthony Richardson? Man, I saw Anthony play. So we actually moved back to Gainesville 2017. I finished my degree and whatnot. Kind of helped McElwain and the staff a little bit. Um, try to get some things going. And um, my wife's a teacher. So we were, you know, pretty in tune with what Eastside High School had going on and whatnot. Some of the teachers who worked at my wife's school, kids played at Eastside. So we would go out to their games. And he's always been a beast. You know, we don't have to worry about him running the ball. You know, his arm strength, his, you know, any of that, um, because he's going to make plays, especially with his feet. The only thing that we have to worry about right now is, uh, you know, obviously just in the pocket presence, right? Sometimes you get a little happy feedback there, um, which will come in time. Once you start getting the game speed and whatnot, um, he only really started at Florida one year, uh, which was an okay year. There's a lot of things that he could have done better, a lot of things that he could have coached to kind of get better. Um, but ultimately, he, he's a unicorn. You know, you can't coach, you know, six, five, six, six, whatever he is, 240 pounds, or run a four, three, forty. Yeah, like just as and can throw the ball 70 yards in the air. That's things you can't teach. So he had, he looks good getting off the bus. He has everything we can't teach. Um, and I just work on the things that we we can help him with as far as like, you know, hitting the check downs. You know, not throwing the ball too far. You know, when it, when it's you know a slant route or a swing pass or. You know what I mean? And, you know, just try to minimize. If you don't have that play, don't force it. You know, learn how to get the ball out of bounds or, you know, if you got to take a sack, unfortunately, take a sack or whatever the case may be, but you got to minimize your turnovers. Once you minimize your turnovers, again, God will trust you a little bit more to be able to throw those deep passes. If you minimize your turnovers, your, your run game starts a little bit more. Now with the run game, to open up the play action to get you those deep shots. Gonna be interesting. I can't wait to watch. Hey, great Absolutely. stuff, man. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. I hope you'll no, come no, back. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's Ahmad Black, NFL player. But I'm telling you, if you watch, if you know anything about sports and you watch Swamp Kings, that dude right there, you're like, I want him on my team. And Urban was an idiot. Well, I'll say it to him. I'm saying I'm gonna text him right now. Why didn't? What are you talking about? You shouldn't have recruited him. Just recruit a hundred of him. Hell, I want to recruit him to co-host with me on my show. Are you out of your mind? I'll recruit him to do anything. Anything he wants to do, I'm in, man. I'm in, Anthony. I am. I'm on. I'm in. Shitting me? I'm a pretty good hype man, though. You got to admit, I'm a pretty good. But I'm just telling you, I watch these shows, and there's some clown in there named Dooley who's a writer. 
He's a big slob, right? He's some writer for the Orlando something. He's just a slob. I hate when they get the writers in there. I love when they had, like, Brandon Seiler. Holy hell. Brandon Seiler. Awesome. I'm on black. Awesome. Kidding me? And to his point, talking about the best players from other states, I remember the day Urban got Percy Harvin, who I believe was from Virginia. He's right. And the whole, you know, the offense changed because they got a guy who was the best player from that state. If you're Florida, you better get the best players in Florida. You better get the best player from wherever the hell it is you're going. I remember Urban got a kid, and, oh, man, he was from Indiana. All they knew, Charlie Strong and I were talking. He goes, hey, how good's this kid? His last name was Fitch. I go, I don't know, but everybody tells me he's the best athlete in the state of Indiana and probably the Midwest. And they're like, really? We didn't even know. We just knew where he was ranked, and we wanted him. We saw a video. He starts as a freshman on the kickoff team, makes an unbelievable tackle at Florida from Cathedral High School here, and he breaks his leg. Get the best players. Get the damn best players, and I'm going to tell you that's what we do. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got a new sponsor. We do. We do. I got to get the copy here because I am the best ad man in the business. Points bet. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, hey, it's a perfect moment. It is perfect. It's Friday. It's noon. Go to points bet. Sign up and let's go. We got a whole weekend to win money. New users bet $50, get an official jersey from point bets. Look, if you're not a jersey guy, I mean, it looks stupid for me to wear a jersey, but you young guys, Get a jersey or get 150 bucks in credit to Fanatics and load up with the gear you truly want. So you get 150 bucks on Fanatics, which has all the gear. It's not jerseys. It's everything else. This is for first-time users. Place an initial bet of $50 or more in any game. I'm going to look at a couple games. I'm going to look at I'm thinking Alabama is going to beat the brakes off Texas. Receive an official jersey from Fanatics.com. Jersey's not your thing. Opt in. 150 bucks in credits to Fanatic. Remember, terms and conditions do apply. You got to be 21. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Get in the game. All you got to do is this. Head to outkick.com slash bet. Right now, snag this offer and discover more great deals. I'm going to have a bunch of bets for you. Uh, last night, we lost. What can I tell you? We're up still because we put too much money on Rutgers over Northwestern. Too much. But hey. Get the point bets. All right, Nancy Mace is coming up. You know we love Nancy Mace for a variety of reasons. One, she's not afraid. Two, she is like us. You know what? She gets up. Her fiancé wants to have a little, you know, morning, uh, you know. And she's like, dude, I got to go to Tim Scott's prayer breakfast. And not only does this happen, she's confident enough to tell the story at a prayer breakfast that is a woman after my own heart. And watch this. This is about UFOs, my wife. Oh, man, she thinks we got White Walkers coming. Those of you that watch Game of Thrones know what I'm talking about. We got zombies and we got UFOs. Let's see a little bit as a preview to the wonderful rep from South Carolina, Nancy Mace, joining the show. Here it is. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? 
non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still together. Another year, another standing room only event. And when I woke up this morning at 7, I, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiance, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast. And I got to be on time. And a little TMI. But um, I, he'll, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Um, but I was here early. How do you not love that woman? Seriously, I got to find out about this UFO thing because I'm telling you, uh, the lovely Lee Ross Dockage, LLRD, will say to me, there's going to be UFOs here sooner than later. And it's a great question. If we have the vessel, who the hell was piloting that thing? We'll be right back with one of our favorites, Nancy Mace. Stay right here. Where are you going? Stay right here. You know, stay. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We sit here, we, we do this show, which is the fastest growing morning show on YouTube and other areas, and I don't even know why. I mean, I'm pretty stupid and wear bad clothes, but we have certain loves of our life. We see the news, and then we're like, we got to get that person on because we love this person. And they're always for a variety of reasons. South Carolina Representative Nancy Mace is one of those person people. Excuse me. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to tell you why we love you. It mm -hmm. involves a number of things. First, UFOs. My wife <laughs> is convinced, and she's very educated, she's convinced that UFOs are here, we're going to have White Walkers from Game of Thrones, and zombies are going to impact the Earth. You, you questioned, and it was a great question, if we found the vessel, who was piloting the ship? What is going right. on here in the world of UFOs? Right. Now, it's crazy. And uh, everyone in my family, young and old, want to know more information. And I think that hearing on oversight is probably one of the most, if not the most, historic hearings in congressional history. It did not get enough coverage. Um, it has not, there's not been enough of an investigation into UAPs. Um, and, you know, the sad part is we have a lot of military that are afraid to come forward based on what they've seen because of how they might be treated, either being mocked or made fun of. We saw that on the presidential debate when Chris Christie made fun of the question. But it's a question that's on everybody's minds. And we classify so much information. We overclassify information. And if our government is spending billions of dollars on our retrieval program or any kind of program related to UAPs, Congress, at the very least, ought to know about it, but so too should you, the taxpayer, because you're literally paying for it. And so 
this is, it's not necessarily about little green men, but if there are little green men, I want to see one. I got to see it to believe it. But it's about money laundering. Your government is money laundering your tax dollars into these black box programs and thinking that they have no accountability whatsoever. It's about skirting the law. If this is really going on, how are government agencies skirting disclosure laws? Are they using private contractors like what I have keep I keep hearing about from different whistleblowers, the the use of private contractors in the military defense space and you know why is that is that how they're skirting the law um you know we have multiple whistleblowers who are willing to come forward but it's about energy what kind of energy bends the laws of physics time space gravity whatever do we own that technology does china or is it somebody else like we that's a superpower right we ought to know it's about national security it's all these things um, it's about technology. I mean, there's just so many questions um, that we should have answered. Is this true? I, I, I don't know where I read this, uh, but I've read it a mm-hmm. lot, that the president of the United States is not even fully abreast of what transpires with UFO-type investigations and... They're kept out of the loop. Is that true? Is that something that's accurate? Or I just read something stupid. No, I don't. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm not president. I don't know what he gets briefed on. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I mean, we have entities within our federal government framework that want to keep secrets secret. They want to hide things from Congress. I mean, I have. I have a history of doing this, but I have a history of cursing people out in the middle of hearings because we have these bureaucrats that come before committees and they don't bring the information you've requested. They don't show up with the right witnesses and they laugh at you because they know they don't have to answer your your questions and they're never going to be fired, never going to be held accountable. So I have very little faith in the federal government being transparent with taxpayers, Congress, you name it. I have a lot of skepticism. Paid a lot of taxes. I've paid a lot of taxes over my lifetime, Mm -hmm. and i got to tell you, I'm pissed about my money. You should be. And I've never thought this way. I I, 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 I literally have never thought this way, Nancy. But when I see what we're sending to the Ukraine, it just pisses Mm -hmm. me off, particularly when I see what we're not doing at the border, particularly when I see this guy getting up there and lying about his Bidenonomics or whatever the hell it is. It's pissing me off for the first time in my life, and I'm not that guy. Look at Maui, right? We're going to send more money to Ukraine than we are to Maui. And they're still suffering enormous losses of both friends and family and children, but also all the physical infrastructure, critical infrastructure in Maui. And and we're going to send more money to Ukraine, like not before we fix Maui, not before we fix the border. Uh, I have known two people to die from fentanyl overdoses this year. We have law enforcement that do drug busts that get uh, affected by exposure to fentanyl. And it's like, what the hell is our country doing? We're letting these people just stream across the border, all the human trafficking, all of the drugs, and we're not capable of stopping it. It's just, it's insanity to me that we are where we are today. And it's not just the fault of the left though, okay? Republicans have been equally at fault for some of these measures. When we had the White House, we had the US House, we had the Senate, what did we do? And we contributed to inflation, all those things. And so. I, uh, I am very critical of both sides uh, on a lot of these issues. 
I, yeah, I'm too. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, murder capital of the United mm -hmm. States, by the way, and we're very mm -hmm. proud of that, apparently, But because we haven't done anything with it. So I grew up a Democrat. My dad was a lobbyist for the teachers' union, but I, I try to look at things, like, logically. Like, I, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know you, but I've read about you. I've seen you speak, mm -hmm. and you seem to speak and think logically, and that goes for both sides of the aisle. But logic yeah. dictates... That America first isn't a bad thing in America. Even the words make America great. Whether you disagree or agree with Trump, oh, it's, just the it words. It should be nonpartisan. It should be nonpartisan. Both sides right. love that motto. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. But you're right. The thing it, about Joe Biden, I mean, the mainstream media on the whole investigation, like the guy, every time he's been asked a question about his businesses or his family businesses, the president of the United States is lying to you. And he has been for decades and the media will not talk about it they won't even bring it up they just sweep it under the rug like this is all normal it's not effing normal like this is insanity it'll go down i believe as he'll go down as the most corrupt president in u.s history and if you could see and i'm called a conspiracy theorist i'm called QAnon, and i'm like you said it's just logic it's just common sense but the amount of money, and, and I wish I could go into details because I'm talking about SARS reports, which are confidential, and I would be violating the law if I shared it. But the amount of money that we are talking about that Biden and his family were paid off by our adversaries overseas, other nations, is astronomical. You would never believe the amount of money that we are talking about. It, no one would ever believe it. And, and you know, the money laundering, the racketeering, Yes, the prostitution rings like I'm half of me is like, I don't even care. Just tax it. Right. Just admit it. Tax it. Move on. Um, but the the, it, you know, the IRS whistleblowers confirmed these things were happening. And I'm called a conspiracy theorist because I'm just telling you, the American people, the truth. And it's like you got one guy who's who didn't like the outcome of the election versus a guy who sold his nation out to our communist adversaries. The difference has never been more stark and has never been more clear we got to have some change in this country after the Biden administration. Well, let me ask you, the Republicans are, are mm -hmm. and McCarthy and everybody's being criticized because, you know, you're in the House and you're not, according to the media, not doing anything about this guy. Is mm -hmm. that criticism fair? Uh, well, I think that I think by and large, we should use the power of the purse to get what we need. We've been slow walked by the FBI, by the DOJ. Uh, they have stonewalled. They stonewalled for months. One document that was like two or three pages about the ten million dollar bribe from Burisma. I mean, these these things exist, and um, you know they allow the president to lie about his involvement, to lie about China. He sat there and bragged about bribery in Ukraine, and the media is like, "Oh well, this is normal." No, it's not. It's not normal. And Shokin, I want to bring Shokin to oversight. I mean, I want to have. We got a subpoena. Hunter Biden, we need to subpoena the bookkeeper. Where the hell is the bookkeeper? That person knows where all the bodies are buried. Why haven't we subpoenaed that person? Like, there's just so much out there. And it's like everywhere you turn, there's another uh, Biden body laying around. Somebody that knows something, millions of dollars, bribes everywhere. And the mainstream media is just like, oh, well, this is, this is, yeah, this is right. They're right. It's not at all. It's, it's crazy to me. I'm feeling like... Uh, the Democrats are starting to turn on Biden, at least the Democratic media, Jake Tapper, mm. James Carville, and others. 
again, Nancy, it's, we're just two people talking common sense here. The dude can't <laughs> think. The dude can't speak. The dude can't walk. How is it possible that this guy is going to be the nominee? Do you think he's going to be the nominee? And if you don't think he's going to be the nominee, best guess. Well, I mean, and, and both sides of the aisle, I mean, you know, we're coming up on creeping up on deadlines for primary ballot access where you have to pay $50,000 to be on the ballot in South Carolina, for example. Uh, so we are creeping up on specific deadlines with being on the ballot for either side running for the presidential nomination. So if there are other candidates that are out there that are going to run on, on the Democrat ticket, they really are running out of time. And my big message is today is I want every presidential candidate to debate, every Republican to debate on that debate stage, because we can't give Joe Biden an out to not debate the nominee. Can you imagine a guy who can't string five words together to make a sentence, who doesn't know who he is or where he is half the time, what that debate, I mean, he's just gonna get annihilated. Like it, it, the, the, the contrast could not be more stark. What's at stake could not be more important next year. And so I wanna make sure primarily that at the end of the day, not everyone debated on the first debate, but by the end of the year, the first of the year, that every single person debates because I do not want to give Joe Biden an out. We got to have him on that stage. People have to hear from him. He has to answer the tough questions. His staff, his administration won't go on the Sunday shows. They don't want to do interviews because they don't want to be asked the tough questions. They just want to have their press secretary continue to lie from the podium. She makes it look easy. And uh, that's where they want things to stand. They don't want to showcase or, or share information with the American people, let alone the truth. Um, I'm going to go fast questions with you. You ready? <laughs> Rapid fire. It's like speed dating. Rapid fire, right? <laughs> Rapid fire. Whose Coke was it in the Whose Coke was it in the White House? Oh, I'm going to go with tourists. With tourists? Or tourist or staffer? I don't think it was a Biden family member. How do like, I look? I'm, I, how do you get Coke in if you're a tourist? Like, that's a ballsy move, bringing Coke into the uh, White House, no? And taking it out of your pocket and, and, and leaving it there, it, it is wild. But someone who's doing cocaine, you know, isn't the average person. Yeah. True that. Mask I've never mandates, done it, by they the coming way, back? I'm just making assumptions. What's Me that? Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Mask mandates coming back? Oh, God, I hope not. We should all protest if they do. You know, those things we're learning now have chemicals in them that cause right. lots of diseases. I mean, uh, possible uh, cancer, et cetera. Like, we are not masking up. I, I will be out there protesting in the streets if we have to do that again. I've had COVID three times, Straws? by the way, and I'm, I'm a long hauler, so. I have too. I've had it three times. I did. I had it. Oh boy. Uh, straws being banned, but needles for drug addicts given out. Like, I don't know, but yeah. that seems backwards to me, right? No? Yeah, it's it's totally backwards. And the kind of utensils that a restaurant or business uses should be up to that business or restaurant. And up to the consumer. Uh, I mean, you can bring your own steel straws if you want to. Hunter Biden eventually in jail, yay or nay? I think so. I just think that uh, the, if he doesn't go to jail, it's going to be, uh, yeah, he's got he's got to go to prison. Once from he's found guilty. From your standpoint, I know. Uh, from your standpoint, 
Um, the judge in the Biden case basically, not basically, laughing at the Department of Justice and the deal that they made with Hunter Biden. Like, I, I, I'm curious your standpoint, because from my standpoint, and I don't know nothing. Like, I understand. I don't know mm -hmm. nothing. But it did look like the Department of Justice was so freaking corrupt and in pocket with Biden from an outsider looking in, particularly from the reaction yes. of the judge that threw the whole thing out. And the conflict of interests with David Weiss and others at the DOJ and the FBI. I don't care who appointed these people. If you have a conflict, a, a serious conflict of interest, you should not be working on this investigation. And we heard from IRS whistleblowers who were stonewalled at the IRS, not allowed to move forward in their investigation because Hunter Biden was a son of the former vice president and current president of the United States. That is not how the average American is treated. And that is not how any member of the Biden family should be treated. You know what I you know what I like about you? And I know I'm big dorky mm -hmm. white guy, you know, old man <laughs> guy. And you're probably thinking it's your speech at the Tim Scott breakfast, which it was part of it. <laughs> but I, more I like so to tell that, jokes. I like to I like to laugh. I, yeah. Absolutely. My wife, her exact words were, well, it seems like Nancy's fiance is you. I'm like, well, I mean, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. very but that's not every, every woman can can sympathize and know what I'm talking about. So it's it's hilarious. And every guy and every guy can, too. Yeah. Sometimes in the morning. What are you going to do? Yeah. But here's yeah. why. You're a Republican. You worked for Donald Trump's campaign, but you're not afraid mm -hmm. to criticize Donald Trump. And you're not afraid yeah. to criticize him, particularly for January 6th. Walk me through that. Well, I think it's really important that we we are honest with each other and call things out as we see them. And I knew, like, I had worked for him. I helped get him elected. And I didn't like what I saw. And I personally had many death threats on my life because of what happened that day and my family's life. And, you know, I call it like I see it. I, you know, I voted to hold Steve Bannon in contempt, but I still talk to Steve Bannon. I go on his program like, you know, I'm a constitutionalist and we can always agree to disagree on an issue and not feel threatened about it. And hey, you know, I'm the only Republican in the U.S. House of Representatives that the former president went after last year and we won. But it's water under the bridge. If he's the nominee, I'm going to support him. I want to support our nation. I want to support our party. I want to change the direction of our country. And it's about bringing people together. And I want to show the diversity of the political ideologies, whether you're MAGA, whether you're moderate, you know, whether you're a centrist or independent or libertarian, we have got to change course. We have to have a course correction in this country. And it starts next year. And I want to be a part of that. I want to show a path to winning. I want to win back suburban women. That's why I talk about women's issues a lot. It's why, you know, I call my party out just as much as I call Democrats out, because if we want to be honest with ourselves, it's independent voters and it's women who are going to win our country next year. And if we don't appeal to those people, if our policies are offensive to those people, we aren't going to win. And so I'm trying to show a path forward as a conservative in a very purple district that we can win and we can win big with the right ideas, the right policies and the right message. All right. From my standpoint, I one thing mm -hmm. I'd never want to do in my life is go to jail. I, I would not survive. Right. I would be I, I like I have certain goals in my life and I'm older now. So a lot of them have been met. But jail, go not going to jail. I, from my standpoint, looking at all of the charges, 
I got to ask you, how is it possible that Trump, based on all the charges he's facing, um, how is it possible he can be the nominee? Well, constitutionally, it's possible. It's the way that our founding fathers created the Constitution. You can actually run for right, co- president common from sense jail. Wise, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. But common sense wise, like, wouldn't you be crapping yourself if you faced all those charges with the years attached to them? And yeah, I, but it's not. It's I not up know. to you and me. It's up to voters, right? The voters are going going to decide who will be the nominee and, and it's, it's up to them. It's not up to us. You and I have one vote and um, you know, we should listen to the the will of the voters. And I hope that whomever the nominee is that we can bring everybody together, talk about the things that matter. It's not about the past. It's about the future. It's about how we're going to tackle inflation, even though our party has contributed to it. It's how we're going to tackle spending. How are we going to tackle the abortion issue? How are we going to attack, attack uh, immigration at the border? How are we going to do all those things? Cause those are the top issues that voters care about. And those are the things that we have got to be talking about and show solutions and not be part of the problem. Was, was in your mind, was Trump a great president and is Biden the worst president of your lifetime? Biden may beat Carter as the worst president in my lifetime. Yeah. And uh, Trump yeah. was a was a great president. He had so many. And it's not the person, it's the policies. He did a bipartisan right. prison reform. The pardons he did for people who were on nonviolent marijuana, for example, charges that should have been out of prison a long time ago. Uh, he cut taxes for the middle class. He did all these great things for civil rights, uh, for employment for taxes, and uh, he had the lowest unemployment rates for blacks, African-Americans, brown, women, you name it. He was a good president policy-wise. And so those are the things that we should be talking about in the future next year, especially if he's the nominee, what that looks like and what that means, how we roll back what Biden has ruined as president in his four years. Yeah, I'm with you on the Carter thing. I mean, I, it affected our family. I, I, I've always said, you know, I don't want to hear about when I was a kid, gas lines crippled, the gas shortage crippled, mm-hmm. inflation crippled. I mean, it was my parents were school teachers in the Gary Public School. Uh, and it was like, Jesus, I mean, this is horrible. And then it got straight. Nancy, I can't thank you enough. You, you're awesome. I can yeah. talk to you all day. I'm sure <laughs> you've got better things to do. But Damn, that was a lot of fun for me. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. And you have a great weekend. You too. That's that's Nancy Mace. I'm telling you, what a wonderful person. What a fun person to talk to. And I I just like talking to people with common sense. You know, you you don't get too crazy left. You don't get too crazy right. But if you go a little bit right, then all of a sudden you're MAGA and you're horrible and you're the worst human being alive. I thought she was awesome. God, I love talking to strong women. I do. That's why Charlie's show is going to be a huge success. Don't forget to watch Charlie every morning at 8 o'clock right here on OutKick. Uh, Stock up, ladies and gentlemen. Stock down, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. I'll go this. I'll go Nick Boza slash Joe Burrow contracts. Nick Boza is making $117 million on an extension. Stock up. To Nick Boza, and of course, over 50 million. Like, I'm no math major. I guess I could figure it out. 275. I know that it divides in. Five, that's 25. 55 million a year. $55 million a year for five years for Joe Burrow. Does anybody really need that much money? 
I mean, can you imagine this guy gets 117 and an extension four or five years, Bozeman, but does anybody really need that much money? I mean, it tells me this. There is so much money in the NFL and certainly the NBA when Jalen Brown can get $60 million. There is so much money that I don't even think we can comprehend it. I honestly don't. I do not think we can comprehend how much money there is in both of those leagues when you can just pay one player $55 million a year. Now, I'm no math major, but five times 12 is 60. Four times 12 is 48. Joe Burrow's making in between that a month. A month. (laughs) Stock up NFL returning. All right, full disclosure, I told my wife yesterday, I go, I don't know if I'm a real man. I like the fact that the NFL is on. I like the anticipation that the NFL is on. But I didn't have a bet on the NFL yesterday, so I wasn't that interested in the game other than Kadarius Tony uh, just screwing the whole thing up. Are you kidding me? That was pretty fun. But I'm like, yeah, I think I'm still, I don't know. I'd rather go out and play golf. And then uh, we went to, we, you know what we did last night? We went to play music bingo at Denver's, it's a pizza joint in McCordsville. And it was a freaking blast. It was so much fun. My buddy Chris and Todd Blinko, Lee and I, a couple beers, nice pizza, and I won. I won free breadsticks. And the game was on. I'm like, yeah, it's great. I watched the whole thing, but I'm like, yeah. But I am excited. Uh, Stock up Big Noon Kickoff. Big Noon Kickoff with Urban Meyer is an absolute go-to. I'm just telling you. It is such a go-to because, well, Urban is a coach. And Urban is going to give it to you. And you're going to learn. Now, you guys, but Urban did this, and Urban did that, Urban, uh, uh. Now, shut up. And here's the other reason. They're going back-to-back with Deion Sanders, and that's smart. The most bet game of the year, right? Uh, I know it's only two weeks in, but prognosticationally, other than the uh, championship semifinals and finals and maybe the Michigan-Ohio State game and a couple other rivalries, is going to be what would be a pretty nondescript game between Colorado and Nebraska. And I got to tell you, Big Noon Kickoff is going, and Big Noon Kickoff is going to have massive numbers. My goal is to be on Big Noon Kickoff one time. Probably won't happen. Stock down. Hey, Danny Masterson. I don't know who Danny Masterson is, but Danny Masterson seems to be a pervert. Danny Masterson got life in jail because he's a piece of crap rapist. 30 years in prison, 30 years to life, I guess, uh, for rape. Danny Masterson can wear his little mask, wear his little suit. Apparently, he was a star in the 70s show. Apparently, my man uh, decided that, you know what? He raped three women between 2001 and 2003. They met Masterson through the Scientology. Look, Danny Masterson, Julio Uranus, 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 I don't even care. I'm saying it, Uranus, decided it was okay to, oh, I don't know, push his girlfriend against the wall. He thought it was okay, ladies and gentlemen, that for the second time in his career, with the L.A. Dodgers. He got suspended once the first time, 20 games. This clown here decided it was okay to 
not beat, I guess not beat, I don't know, abuse a girlfriend. Like, what are you doing? Put it, get his ass out of baseball. Get, just get his ass out. There are plenty of other places for this guy to go, but not in Major League Baseball. Just get him out. There'll be other pitchers. There'll be other guys. There's always someone else coming. Just get this guy out of baseball. You did it with Russell or Addison Russell. You did it with Trevor uh, Bauer. Just get this guy out of baseball. Get him out. Uh, all other sports now that the NFL is back, and I'm also going to include all other sports not named college football. But I will say this. I will say Jokic is still alive. Novak Jokic is still alive in tennis, and one of my favorite things to do is at the end of the day, turn on tennis while I'm laying in bed, uh, while Lee Ross, you know, is there, and I'm kind of, you know, trying to, you know. But anyway, if the answer is no, I got tennis. Usually, if the answer is no, I got two and a half men, or I got Veep, or I got 30 Rock. Occasionally, I got rules of engagement. But the fact of the matter is, when the U.S. Open tennis is on, I like watching, particularly now that we're in the semifinals. And this kid, Alcaraz, is unfreaking believable. So while I agree, all other sports stock down, I got to tell you, I ain't mad. I ain't mad at the U.S. Open. I'm not. I don't know that we have this on here, and that is totally, totally, totally my mistake. But my man, Mac Brown, lost his damn mind. He's all mad at the NCAA because a kid named Trez Taylor couldn't get into school. Now, let me give you the back. Shame on you, NCAA. You don't care about this kid. Why does the NCAA got to care about the kid? You're supposed to care about the kid. Here's what happened. This kid got denied an extra year. He had already transferred once, but in the world of college football and basketball, it's, nah, it's not that big a deal. I guarantee you, promise you, and I put this out on Twitter, I guarantee you that Mac Brown and his staff didn't do their due diligence. I guarantee you Mac Brown and his staff misled that kid. I guarantee you Mac Brown and his staff are CYAing it. I guarantee you. The big bad wolf of the NCAA. Shame on you, the old man yelled. You're awful, the old man yelled. Yeah, really? Okay. All right. Well, if you believe that, then God bless you. But I don't believe it. I've been involved in this stuff for a long time. The easiest thing in the world to do, the easiest thing is to go, well, it's the NCAA's fault. They don't care about the kid. What do you mean they don't care? about? What are they supposed to do? NCAA has been over backwards to grant. They have to grant all of these waivers for a variety of nonsensical reasons. I guarantee you the NCAA probably did something wrong, but I guarantee you the NCAA did not totally screw this up. Trez Walker ineligible for the season. I'm not going to bore you with all the details because the details as written are never what is accurate. I'm disappointed. I don't know if I've ever been more disappointed in a person, group, of people, or institution than I am with the NCAA. So what? Tell you this all the time. Let's say this is a baby. The doctor pats, smacks, spanks the baby on the booty. Baby cries. 
Doctor doesn't say, hey, you know what, little Mac Brown, you're going to go through life and not be disappointed. Disappointment's part of life, Mac. You screwed it up somehow. Don't know how, but I'll bet you anything that that's what happened. And now you're blaming the big, bad NCAA. We got Joe Kinsey coming up. If you don't know Joe Kinsey, I guarantee he is the next superstar at OutKick. Screen caps every day, nightcaps, the whole thing that Joe Kinsey does is fantastic. The Thursday Night Mowing League is taking off across the country. Can't wait to talk to Joe. I got more stuff when we come back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. An update, Steve Kirk can't win unless he's got a pow- overpowering team, 113 to 111. 0.5 seconds remaining on the clock. I'm sure it's over because this is probably tape delayed, but Steve Kerr and the United States men's basketball team are going to go down to Germany. And no, Germany does not have Dentless Schrempf. They don't have Christian Velp. They don't, of course, have the great Uwe Blob. They don't. So you know what? The Germans are going to get it done. The Americans stink. Americans always stink because we have children playing basketball. We think it's a world champion. We do. We think we got world champions here when we win a game. Are you out of your freaking mind? We're not world champions. We got slaps playing basketball. We got children that haven't been developed as basketball players, winners, toughness playing. I know Anthony Edwards is the greatest player in the history of basketball because he shoots shots, pumps his chest, throws his fingers up, but he don't know how to play. So the United States goes down. You better figure it out. You better go get LeBron. You better go get Anthony Davis. You better go get Curry. You better go get Thompson. You better go get some guys that can actually play, not these children. And you better go get a coach that isn't worried about whether or not we are having guns or all the other social things. Steve Kerr can't win jack squat if he doesn't have a loaded team. That's just my saying. I always said this about Bob Knight, and I'll say Mike Krzyzewski. Here's the deal. You can absolutely take this to the bank. They could win with yours, and they could win with theirs. If you played them, they'll beat you with their team. But if you flip them, they'll beat you with their team. Steve Kerr can't win squat, and all this talk about Spolstra being the greatest coach ever. He's a great NBA coach, but the NBA sucks if you really want to know in terms of refereeing, in terms of players, in terms of the whole deal. I will change my mind on this 100 times because, frankly, that's what I do, but I don't care. I, I don't care. Hey, Butch Jones, who got his ass beat and started crying on the sidelines, uh... Let's get another Dame Lillard commercial, can we? That dude hadn't won squat. That dude shoots 100 times a game, but Dame is from the hood. So we got to listen to Dame Lillard. 
And I don't want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick on my TV either. I don't care if he's quirky. I don't want to see him. I want to see Jordan, LeBron. I want to see winners out here. And I'll look at, what's this guy? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Get out of here. Get off my show. <laughs> all right, where was I for the love of all things holy? Let's look at Butch Jones. Butch Jones, who, I, don't lie to me, Dylan. Dylan, do not lie to me. You got to understand, my boys here, uh, other than Nick, who's in New York, but my boys, Dylan and Ryan, they reside in Tennessee, and they hate Butch Jones. Butch Jones came in and ruined their program. Get him out of here. So whenever Butch Jones does something, there he is. We're going to have video. Don't lie to me, Ryan. Don't lie to me, Dylan. You know what's coming. Here's Butch Jones whining. Coach, if you look at uh, social media or message boards, obviously a lot of negativity following the loss. Uh, is that something you talk about with your team, or do you just kind of just uh, keep all that? I don't check that at all. I mean, I, I would, I would hope there would be people that would be upset. I mean, that means they have passionate, but also I know that a lot of that is from another fan base. So I don't pay much attention to that. Um, and I, I guess the thing is, whether it's another fan base or whether it's this fan base or whoever it is, they care because they're watching. So they must have some invested interest to watch. That, he's talking right to you, Dylan. Clay, that's right, Ryan looking at you right in the eyes and saying, that fan base in Tennessee is still mad at me. They're holding me back. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong, Dylan. I'm not wrong. Good for Butch Jones. Stand up to those volunteer fans, would you? Please? I'm with you, Tennessee fans. I don't know why, but that guy has always been unlikable to me. He always has been unlikable. All right, University of Michigan is telling students, hey, look, you got to isolate for five days. You got (laughs) to isolate. Here's my answer from my friend Dylan. Hey, the good Lord says I shouldn't hate anybody, but damn, does Butch Jones make it hard. You got to isolate for five days if you test positive for COVID. Even if you live by yourself, you got to isolate. I don't even know what that means, but I got, look, my son currently has COVID, I guess. I mean, I guess probably I got COVID. Everybody's got COVID. Here are COVID, there are COVID, everywhere are COVID, COVID. What can I tell you? Isolate for 10 days. Sit in your room, close the door, turn off the lights, put a mask on, just isolate everybody. University of Michigan, I got something for you right here. I got it for you right here. I do. I'm tired of you guys. Uh Jake Harner caught using PEDs, doesn't know how. He is quarterback for the Saints. Hey, Jake, I don't know either. Do what Robert Mathis did. Do what Robert Mathis did and say, you know what? I was trying to have a kid, so guess what? Uh, I don't know what I took. I don't know. But I know this. uh, You know, he's a rookie. He's busted, all that stuff. So, eh. He took some PEDs. See, I think PEDs at a certain level, should be allowed in the NFL. NFL, you can kill yourself. NFL, you can get dead. NFL, you can die. So, uh, you know what? If you got to be bigger and stronger and faster than anybody else, I'm in on it. I am. I don't care. Baseball, I just thought the guys looked stupid. 
Like I did. I, I don't need PEDs in baseball because baseball cares about its records too much, and PEDs distort the record. And I like the records, but I'm an old guy. I don't care about war times two or exit velocity or whatever. I don't care about any of them. Cubs lost yesterday 6-2. to two. I'm pissed. That's it. That's all there is. I got to tell you something else. I'm watching, and I feel bad about this, but I ain't mad about the United States losing. Daniel Tice, who the Pacers were too stupid to play. I told them they were great. Ricky Schroeder or Dickie Schroeder or some Schroeder guy who used to have the weird thing in the front of his head. Germany beat their ass. Serbia, Germany. What are you going to do? Anyway, uh, we have to have a Dak Prescott update every single day, apparently, because Dak Prescott, in talking to the media, says his confidence level is at its all-time high. Got to get Dan Mullen on again. I love Dan Mullen. I was texting with him yesterday, telling him how good he is on TV. He's really good on TV. He's really found his niche. I don't know if he'll come on. I mean, uh, we rip ESPN pretty good. He coached. Dak Prescott, and I got to tell you, I got two questions for you. One, why do we care so much about Dak Prescott, and why is his hat saying Dallas upside down and backwards? See his hat in this picture? It's upside down and backwards. Now, is that one of those weird things? I really don't know, but I got to tell you, I'm not sure I'm digging it. I'm not. Look, my guy, Outkick, senior director of content, (laughs) Joe Kinsey is coming up. I love Joe Kinsey. See, everybody here has been really cool to me at OutKick. Everybody has. When I went to last year and Aaron showed up from New York and Chad and Haley and Lee, my wife, and Jonathan, we all had some beers and just had a good time. I like, I got to go back to Nashville. I should go to Nashville this weekend and stay Monday and do the show from there. Yeah, I don't got nothing to do. What do I got to do? I don't have nothing. But anyway, my guy Joe Kinsey is coming up. All right. You want real big news? Listen to this. Karen Jean-Pierre, she split from her partner, Suzanne Mulva. The press secretary told Vogue she's separating after 10 years. You can't live with that. Although I got to tell you, she thinks, the girl on the left, thinks she is an iconic figure. She thinks she's a historical figure. She's a lesbian. That's not iconic. That's in vogue. That's not iconic. That's a, not a trend, but that's kitschy right now. It's kitschy to be a lesbian. It is. And why do all African-American lesbians date white women? What's going on there? I see it all the time. Do we have a shortage of African-American lesbians? We certainly have a surplus of white lesbians, so I guess the numbers dictate but I'm asking, I mean, for somebody who is so proud of black and gay and lesbian, why are you dating a white girl? It's just a question. It doesn't mean I care one way or the other. I don't care. doesn't matter to me. Leonardo DiCaprio is 48 years old. He found a 25-year-old to date. When I, was in, when I was divorced, I was about 49, maybe 48, and I had all these 28-year-olds sniffing around me. Right? Because I'm kind of a hottie, got great jobs, fun guy, not afraid to go out. And all these young ladies sniffing around me. And so I'm talking to one. All right? I am. I'm talking. And here's the deal. I'm like, yeah, you know what? 
There's no way I want to hang out with this. Hot doesn't overcome ridiculous. I'm not saying that Leonardo DiCaprio uh, may have a problem. I don't know. What do I know? But I do know this. Leonardo, I got a lot of respect for you. I do. Don't be dating 25-year-olds. It'll make you crazy. Joe Kinsey won't make you crazy. Joe Kinsey won't. I'm going to screw this up. So there you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you our new segment, Screen Caps, Recaps, with OutKick's own senior director of content, stuff you guys send in and I like. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the great, the OG of OutKick, Joe Kinsey! Is that what I was supposed to do? Well, damn. Hey, Joe, if I send you a picture of my wife in a bikini, will you include it? Uh, no, because that's against company policy, Dan. I, I'm not allowed to do that. Uh, by the way, in hell of an introduction, Dan, that was amazing. You, uh, This team has grown so much, Dan. Now I feel so much a part of the team. I even have a segment, Dan. I couldn't – I never saw this coming in my career. Yeah, well, it's a high watermark. It is. It's a high watermark in everyone's career. Uh, Nancy Mace, the uh, wonderful congresswoman, I, I think that it was for her. It should be for you. What am I going to see here, big boy? What am I seeing? Explain to folks what Screen Caps is, because I like what I'm seeing. Well, Dan, as you know, uh, Screen Caps is such a – it's a slice of Americana. It is America and what America wants to see. Dan, you know the internet is full of just garbage. We cut right through the garbage, Dan. Screen Caps is all about giving the readers what they actually want to see, Dan. It's not about the stupidity. It's not about the arguing. It is about what makes them happy in the morning, Dan. I don't want these people waking up early and being fired up when they go to a job they hate, Dan. I need them to have a laugh. I need them to smile a little bit. And that's what they get at Screen Caps. You know, one thing, if I may suggest, uh, I've always said the best thing going is Elizabeth Hurley. And I know you're a big fan of her content. If we could devote more time to Elizabeth Hurley in a bikini, particularly a string bikini, I know it makes me a misogynist pig, but if she's going to put it out there, I want to support it. Dan, listen, I, earlier this summer, uh, Elizabeth Hurley, she announced it was Bikini Summer 2023. I went all in on Elizabeth Hurley. I think she's like 57 years old now, Dan. She's right there with Salma Hayek. They're right there, neck and neck. They both went into war this summer, Dan. They had a bikini war. It's been crazy. They're they're just fired up. Uh, You know, nobody will give an inch, Dan. Nobody's giving an inch in this war. (laughs) Well, some guys are getting inches, is all I'm saying, based on that war. Probably shouldn't say that. We're, you know, we're on all kind of restrictions with YouTube, but I don't care. I want more Elizabeth Hurley. What am I seeing? Put some stuff here on the screen that I can react to, will you guys? Let's go. What am I seeing here? Well, oh, this, baby. Could be, this could be an AI bot, Dan. I don't know. She's in the gym. You got to be careful nowadays. You don't know who's an AI bot and who isn't. So you really got to be careful when you guys give your money to the OnlyFans network. 
Uh, be careful out there, guys. You this, These may not be showing up at your gym around the country. Well, I think that they do. I live in the great city of Indianapolis, and this young lady here, uh, Summer Hayes, she's like, I don't know, a six at old Oakland's workout room. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 but here's the deal. Let me, let me ask you this. You're the perfect guy to ask. I said earlier, if people are going to put it out there and they're going to make money off of, you know, what's going on here with old summer, don't we have an obligation to watch it, look at it, talk about it? Yes, Dan. I'm an old school internet guy. I believe that this is what the internet was built on. The ladies want to be approved by their fellow ladies. That's why they do it, Dan. I talked to my wife about this. She said they dress, they do the, they, they want attention from other women, Dan. So listen, we're going to put it out there, Dan. I've never shied away from it. Uh, this is my internet career right here. I love it. I'm not going anywhere, Dan. This is why uh, Clay hired me, actually. Yeah, I know. And then there's nightcaps and screen caps. What's next here? What else am I reacting to here? Oh, well, geez. this is uh, this is a Yannette Garcia, Dan. She is known as the weather girl of Mexico. She got her start uh, as a Mexican weather, uh, you know, a forecaster. She was a meteorologist, Dan. Uh, she knows every low and high pressure in Mexico. She can pinpoint the low and high pressures all across Cancun, all across the Yucatan Peninsula. She is now, uh, I think, making a lot of money on OnlyFans. And, uh, you know, she dabbles in weather whenever they need to, you know, have a fill-in. She just, she's not doing local news. You know that. Right now, I mean, your wife's not listening. I don't have any, but I'm asking you, how many OnlyFans accounts do you have? Do you follow? Uh, zero. Zero, Dan. Uh, okay. Listen, I'm busy. I have a lot going on. I don't have time for the OnlyFans investigations. You know, my brother uh, was trying to raise $250 million. This is a true story for a huge project in Northwest Indiana, our hometown, which he got done. He got approached by an agent of two OnlyFans girls. Apparently, they're superstars in the world of OnlyFans. They had so much money, they wanted to know could they get involved in this project? That's how much money these women have. They wanted to give millions to add to this project. My brother then researched OnlyFans, and he's like, yeah, I think we'll go to other places. I think we'll go to different banks. I think we'll go to private equity firms before we go to OnlyFans. But that's the kind of green a woman like, what's her name? Uh, Amy Garcia. Amy, Amy, yeah, good oh, for yeah. her, man. She's raking in the dollars, right? Oh yeah, they're, uh, these are millionaires. These are millionaires, multi-millionaires, Dan. Yeah, and I love America. What else we got here? Let me have a look here. This is a good Go segment. Ahead. It's one of my love, favorite segments. This, this is going to do big numbers, Dan. I think so, and yeah. particularly if we could speak Spanish with an oh, am amiga que bella. Oh boy, now who well, is this young lady? Uh, as you know, as a screencast readers know, oh, this yeah. is Salma Hayek. I mean, come on. She just turned her birthday was just last weekend. I believe, I believe 57. I've lost track. She's in her fifties. Uh, ageless, ageless wonder. Whenever we do Salma Hayek content goes absolutely bonkers. Good for her, Dan. I'm calling on these women to quit with the whole yoga stuff. I'm called on the women to stop with the fake outrage over, you know, politics. 
get back to the bread and butter, Dan. These women were the heroes of the 90s and early 2000s. Salma Hayek has stayed true to her fans. She stayed out of politics. She stayed out of making candles for like her girlfriends for like candle nights, their houses. <laughs> this is Salma Hayek 101. She goes to the ocean. She knows how to produce content. She does. And you know what? That's a skill that I wish more women that look like Salma Hayek had, knowing how to produce content. I got to tell you, her quick role, and it was a very quick role, uh, in, what was it? Uh, what the hell is Magic my It's Mike. one of my favorite shows, 30 Rock, was oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Even in a nurse's gown, she was outstanding. And don't call me a pig, people. I'm celebrating the beauty of older women today, as is the great Joe Kinsey. Yep. Joe, what else do we got? Who else do we got? Well, I'm not in control of this, so let's see what they do here. Let's see what they throw on the screen. See, our guys are so excited oh, okay. by what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, this is great. We always love football. Well, it's football season, so we're happy, right? And then we come up with these names on the back of jerseys, like West Virginia once had Dingle and Barry on their team, and they sat on the sideline together, and it was Dingle, Barry. Now you have ham and bacon. I think this is Iowa State. I mean, this is just this is just great college football. You, you you jump on these bandwagons of these names that just match up, and we have a laugh, Dan. That's what it's all about this time of year on a Friday. That's why we're gonna make this show great. Screen caps on Friday. I believe they're gonna make it a whole segment, Dan. Right? I mean, they didn't do that introduction. Make it a whole weekly thing. I mean, so. Look. I love the ham and bacon stuff. And Dan, by the way, this is the stuff we want fans to send into us. We want to see this stuff for this segment, Dan. Well, we like we like interesting, we like fun, and we like this, and we like pictures. We do. I'm sorry, but I like pictures. I'm a big picture guy. I'm like yeah. the guy that read, you know, what's the favorite book you read? Seuss, Green Eggs and Ham. And I'll say, don't at me, people. I want I don't want to hear it. It's what I do. Yeah. Hey, uh, do we have video? Do I have video here? Do I have some? Wait a second here. Do I have a little bit of John Daly coming up? Let's uh, see. Will it work? Let's see it. Dan, I mean, did you see he is? Look at that. There's no John. shoe on Dan, on John Daly's foot. Barefoot, straight on kick. The, the guy's what? He's like in his mid-50s. He almost died a couple years ago. And look at him just piping one right down the middle. That's that's this week, too, Dan. Joe, do you – I'm going to believe, okay? I'm going to believe that John Daly did this. I'm not going to believe this is, this is doctored. But here's the thing. See how he's kicking right there? Yeah. He's kicking straight on Earl Cox style, Mac Percival style, two names you've never heard of. And right. he's doing it with his toes. Daly's toes must be the strongest toes. I guarantee you Rex Ryan would like a little piece of those toes based on what Rex did. Oh, 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 wow. Barefoot uh, Rex Ryan joke this morning. I love it, by the way. Uh, I don't know how he didn't break his toes here. I, I, how do they even do it, Dan? You're old enough to remember the barefoot I kickers. Know. I don't know how they don't break their toes, but John Daly, I mean, those things are pickled. You know, those toes have seen some wars out there. Yeah. He never wears shoes, by the way, so his toes are probably, you know, they're like they're like 
rocks. So great. To I see do John remember Kicker. the barefoot kickers, but they always kick soccer style is what it used to be called sideways. They never kick straight on because yes. your freaking toes are going to crack. I mean, what are we doing? All right, give me another video here. I got something else here. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, this is oh, right boy. up my alley, Dan. You're a member of Thursday Night Mowing League. I mean, when these guys – look at this. We have a riding lawnmower turned into a racing go-kart. This is beautiful, Dan. You know I love America. America loves me with the screen caps. And this is the kind of stuff that readers send in. They want to see things like this where guys go out. They use their brains, Dan. They're alpha males being alpha, high testosterone, get out, race, feel the wind in your face, and do it on a lawnmower that's modified into a go-kart. There's no doubt. That's, that's, that's genius right there. Beautiful. And the Thursday Night Mowing League, by the way, just contact Joe and you can get in there. I got a cool mug that my wife has commandeered. My wife has taken the thing that you sent me, the, the, whatever the cup is. I, I don't know what you call these things. You know, that big cup you sent me. My wife won't let me get it back. I need to take my marriage over, Joe. Has your wife... I do it. Uh, does she have a shirt herself? Does she have the tri-blend shirt? The ladies go nuts I don't for think them. so. She doesn't mow the grass. Don't be giving those things out to imposters. Uh, okay. Real guys mowing grass or real women mowing grass. She doesn't mow grass. Well, oh. once, once no. she feels that shirt, she's going to want one herself, Dan. Christmas gift is coming up. But I guess you're saying she has to mow. So if she's not going to mow, got to earn it. got to earn it. I love it. Earn your stripes. Joe, this, this show was going to be named Sack Up. And then they said, nah, Fox thinks that's a little risque. So that's our motto in our family, sack up. Don't get a shirt. This isn't, Joe, this isn't a participation league, is it? You got to earn your stripes. You got to send a video. You got to do some things here, Joe. You do have to do things. This is not, we don't just, I will say this, Dan, we did open up the uh, playoffs to everybody. And I, I have to explain, I have to explain because there's a lot. We can't just limit it to like eight guys because I need these guys to not know they're standing, Dan. I need we're in the playoffs right now. Yeah. I need them emotional. I need them to be on their highest level of mowing that they can do. This is it. This is the four yeah. week shootout, man. So we have everybody involved. It's all hands on deck. America, the playoffs have started actually last night. So if you didn't mow last night, you're out. You get kicked right out, Dan. I didn't, I didn't mow last night. I played oh, golf, uh, picked up my wife, and then I went for pizza and a couple beers. And, and uh, no, I, I got to do it today. What the hell? Hey, Joe, uh, Kirk Herbstreet went off on fans being irrational relative to Ohio State. I went the other way. I put a video out saying Indiana fans are the exact opposite. We beat Chicago State and we're all happy, and that's the level. You, as a diehard Ohio State fan, where are you at with Herbie ripping the fans? Listen, I, Herb Street is – Herb Street's like an apologist. And I read his book, and he almost went to Michigan, and his, he had tons of Ohio State connections, right, with his dad – and I'm like, Herb, why is Herb Street thinking that he has to be a apologist for Ohio State? Like, he ran out of Columbus because he got so – they were driving him nuts at, the, like, the grocery store. He's got – speaking of sacking up, come on, Herb Street, sack up a little bit. Just deal with it. It's it. Listen, I was at a party, Dan, with a bunch of Ohio State fans. McCord was 
the number one conversation. It was a struggle. We're sitting there bored out of our minds. We want to see some action, Dan. It, that's that's football. That's just the way it is. Herb Street, he's like apologizing for always something. It's driving me nuts, Dan. Yeah, when he, I, I'm a fan. I'm a friend. But, man, oh, stop my. the crying. I know. Stop the crying. It's enough. His kid's, his kid's there too, right, Dan? I think so. He just, yeah. you know what? Stop. Just sack the hell up. Hey, Joe, we're doing it every Friday. I can't right. wait, my friend. Thank you so right. much. See you, Dan. Love that guy. When I came to OutKick, that was one of the first guys that reached out. It's fun, and it's what we're going to do every single Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Hey, by the way, uh, Two Big Brains coming up around uh, 10, 15 minutes from now. And uh, I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do today, but I guarantee it's going to involve mowing the grass, drinking beers, going to the bathroom 10 times, and having fun. See ya. I don't always run, but when I do, it's to the bathroom. I got to go.